I uh, often, uh, this message tonight is don't overlook the spiritual dimension. Don't, don't overlook a spiritual dimension in the decisions that you and I make on a daily basis. Both of those fall in one of two categories, the temporal, that is the here and now, and, and the other falls into eternal. How will this affect positively uh, me as it relates to eternity? God, is it God honoring for you? Often, uh, I, I just want to say this and, uh, that because it's what I see. I see so many young people, young people today uh, who, uh, who find them a boyfriend or girlfriend. And often, and, and when they find that, uh, you know, it's like I'm head over heels. But often they don't time, take time to think about the eternal. Wonder if this person's family goes to church. I wonder how committed they are to the local church. Wonder how committed that he or she is to engagement in the local church. I've had many, many women down through the years to say, well, I thought that when we got married, I could get him consistently involved in the church. And what often they did, it was a mistake. They made a temporal choice. Good looking, handsome, debonair. He looks at her and said, wow, this unbelievable talent, but, and buddy, she is good to look at. We make temporal decisions. Not much engaged in the eternal part. And I'm here to tell you there have been many, many divorces because the question of the eternal part was not answered first. We know that we know that that we as believers should always know thy will be done. Say that with me, thy will be done. Our text tonight is out of Genesis 13. Mike Evans made this statement, your perspective of yourself will determine the possibilities that you pursue. Your perspective of yourself will determine the possibilities that you pursue. So chew on that for a moment. A friend said, you know, we are victims or victors of our own decisions. You believe that? We either victims or victors of our own decisions. And destiny is not a place, but the combination of our decisions. I wound up there because I made a decision to go there to that destiny. And I made a decision here, here, and here that I wound up there. Not just it was a place, but it was a series of decisions that took me on that journey. Walking away from God is not one giant step. It is a combination of a lot of little steps. And getting closer to God is not one giant step. It is a combination of a lot of little steps that takes you closer to Almighty God. You are where you are right now. And what you have and what season you're in is the culmination of decisions that you have made to follow after the Lord. One of the hardest things to do is when you are moved emotionally to make a temporal decision and in the eternal decision, you know 
that's the wrong decision to make. But it's a whole lot easier to follow the emotion. Our temporal decisions are, are made with this thought in mind. I want to know what's best for me and my family in the short and long term. And that's called Life 101. We know that our illustration is Abraham. And who was his, who was his nephew? Anybody? Lot. It was Abraham and Lot. And this is, it reflects the decision-making process. And it allows us to see the long-term results. So you think about decisions that you have made that you thought, wow, I made a decision. It didn't necessarily take me to closer to God. It worked out, but I realized it was not one that I could say, God, this was all about you. Too many choices. Say that with me. Too many choices. We have a lot of choices to make every day. Genesis 13 verse 9 is not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Who's speaking? Abraham. Martin Maurer wrote, you are your biggest obstacle to success. Your biggest. You're your biggest obstacle to success. Only you can stop God's plan for your life. Others will not stop God. So others will not be able to stop God if you're following after him in your life. But you have to be sure as an individual, whether you're a young person, an older person, or just plain old, your decisions will bring results that honors one or two of the other of whom you serve. We know Abraham and Lot have been confronted with a situation that required them. You're going to have to make a decision. Something is going to have to happen because we know that it required potential change. Lot, you and I, Abraham said, are going to have to sit down to the table here and we're going to talk. We're going to talk about decisions of destiny. We're going to talk about personal sacrifice you're going to have to give up. If, if I go right, then I'm going to have to give up. If I go left, we're going to compromise. We're going to have to compromise with each other. So we're going to set down. Now, Abraham said, I'm, I'm going to make this easy. You see, both Abraham and Lot had grown. Their, their herds had grown. Their service help had grown. Their wealth had grown. And both had gotten to the place that they came to the resolution. Two of us cannot be at the same place at the same time. As a matter of fact, they got word that the herdsmen were quarreling over one another. Who gets the water? Who gets to graze in this patch of grass here? And there was not enough room. And that decision had to be made. Sometimes you're pushed in the corner to say, I've, I've got to come up with something. And so here's what Abraham said. Well, let's part company. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Lot, I'm going to make it easy for you. You choose. You decide where you want to go. Now, that is an act of faith on Abraham's part. Because Abraham 
understood the value of absolute trust. He knew that his favor from God did not depend on where he was. He knew his favor with God was how obedient he was to God. So he's acquiescing to Lot and he's saying, Lot, here you go. Here's the question. You now, you get to choose. Sit in the chair and make your mind up. Well, the question was multifaceted. For young Lot, he no doubt thought, well, well, what do I do? Because uh, I've not faced this before. He, he wouldn't admit it, but he's lived under the shadow of his uncle Abraham. Wh which way do I go? How do I determine that? Well, well, what are the consequences of wherever it is I land out there? And how will this alter my present circumstances? I have a whole group of individual herdsmen that that are going to be blessed or not blessed by the decision that I make. My herds are either going to grow and be better or, or be punished and because of my decision. And often we face circumstances that confront us with the need for a decision that is of this kind of magnitude. I used this illustration before in, as we resigned our first church in Bradenton, Florida. And of course, the church called us, the leadership called us, and, and the district headquarters said, Wayne, uh, this is a great church. It's in the suburb of Jacksonville, uh, and we want you to go. And we went. We went and we candidated. Some would use yard talk, try it out. That's really what it was. We sang sang the lighthouse, Sharon and I did with my sister, a little trio going on there. You know that the parsonage we had in Bradenton had a crack in the floor and the mosquitoes came in, no air conditioning. We got a 52,000 BTU air conditioner and put it in the window and that thing would blast you away. Loud, loud, loud. We got there. They said, oh, we want to show you our brand new brick parsonage, Central Air. Central heat, 3,000 square feet. Sharon thought, wow, 3,000 square feet, brand new, central air, heat, and a kitchen where the appliances worked. We were voted in 100%. They called us. They called us later that week. We were there all day Sunday. And said, you were voted in 100%. When are you going to come? And I had been praying. I said, God, this is something. Sharon has said, you remember that parsonage? Yeah. But she knew, like I knew, we had to have a green light from God. Now, back in those days, here was the common verbiage. Well, anybody that gets voted in 100%, you know that's God's will. Well, I never believed that. Didn't then and don't now. 100%. Yeah, it's 100%. Well, that voice was tapping at me, clamoring. 100%. And not only that, we only had one week left before our resignation was up and we're going to move somewhere. 
And I prayed. I said, let me call you back tomorrow. Oh, Pastor Blackburn, we want you to know that we're prepared to pay you whatever you feel is reasonable to be our pastor. We loved you guys. That night, I prayed. I prayed because what was happening, my path of ministry was about to go from Bradenton to Jacksonville. And how long I would have been there, I don't know. Wherever I went, I went for a lifetime. But in the middle of the night and the next morning, I knew in my heart, temporally, that's good. Money's there, house is there, people want you. But it wasn't right in the spirit. It wasn't right as it relates to eternity. It was not right, and in my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't right. So I said, love you guys, appreciate it, but we're not able to accept the call. We, we really do appreciate it. Sharon, it, she didn't know what are we going to do now. About an hour later, I got a call after we said no. Are you sure, Pastor? Absolutely. About an hour later, I got a call from the presbyter over in the DeSoto County, Charlotte County area. Said, I want you in as Arcadia. I want you there Sunday. This Sunday? Yeah. I said, don't you have others already lined up? Yeah, but uh, I'm putting you in there. I'm the presbyter here, and I'll put him where I want him. Okay. He was six foot six, had a hand as wide as that Bible right there, and used to be a bouncer before he got saved. That'll be, that'll be okay. His nickname was Giant. Brother Giant Taylor. You go there. We were elected there. My point is this. Every decision that you make needs to have in the back of your mind, is this what God wants? Is this what God wants? I often tell people, well, we're going to do so and so and so and so. And I ask them, so you've heard from the Lord? Have you heard from God? Well, often we get so engaged in the one, two, three, one, two, three, A, B, C, in the process of, of what looks good, and we don't take time to say, do I, have, do I have the will of God? There wasn't enough room for both. Abraham said, we have to go and we have to move now. The circumstances that, that often confront us needed that decision that would only be because God approves of, of it. And so how will you manage? And most of the time, the decisions that we make are not black and white. Are you with me? Many times the Lord said, hey, I can, I can write it on a wall or I could send a jet over to spell it out. 
but it's not black or white. Why? Because God said, I want you on your knees. I want you seeking my face. And I want to direct you by the Spirit for if you're going to be what you need to be as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to learn how the Spirit moves in giving you direction. Always according to the Word of God. And so it was. We knew, all right, God, this is what you want us to do. We were elected and we served there five years. Number two, um, often the temporal, unless you really dig down to try to say, God, I want your will. And, uh, and you say it, well, it looks good based on what I see. So Genesis 13, 10, Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Ron Blue, who's written numerous books as it relates to finance, Ron Blue said this, good decisions, financial or otherwise, are marked by peace, not panic. We got to do it now. Got to do it now. We just, we got to rush. We got to do it now. No, good decisions are marked not by panic, but by peace. We learn to wait on the Lord. Abraham, the elder, gave Lot permission to choose. Lot looked to the east. It was the Jordan Plain. It was well-watered, fruitful. It was pleasing to the eye. In other words, it met the entire criteria for the temple. It was more than enough. It meant to, to him and his, his herdsmen less work, better position, a more secure future, less pressure. The temple would be satisfied and life would be more meaningful. I've often counseled with couples who said, we're moving we got a better job. It's going to increase our salary. It's what we've been praying for. Have you checked the churches out in that area? No. Have you checked the schools out in that area? No. Do you know of any Christian friends that are there? No. And I have said to them many times, an increase in salary is not the telltale sign that you ought to pick up and move. But may I say this to you often, we are so taken by the increase that we don't spend the sacrifice that it takes to hear from God. And when we emotionally have already sold out, we won't ask the right questions. We won't ask them. You see, what, what does God think? What, what will it mean spiritually? Uh, how will this affect the family's commitment to spiritual growth? And do I have clearance in my heart and my spirit? Do I know, God, do I have clearance? Psalms 25, 4 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Here's something that I found interesting as the Lord spoke to me 
Often God will show us his path. But it will be hidden among other opportunities that often are more beautiful and meaningful for life here on earth. In other words, you might see a path to say, that's God, but my Lord, it's hidden by a bunch of other opportunities that really look better than taking that path. And you have to discern. That's what God's in the business of, is teaching us to learn how to discern his will. And we look in the midst of all those opportunities and we say, God, I know those, but listen, this is what I know. That path right there is not the brightest, it's not the best, it's not the most glamorous, it's not the most influential, but that is the path. That's the path that I believe you have called us to take. And that's the path that we're going to take, not the path that might be more temporal or easy. Lot saw the well-watered land of Jordan, and he overlooked those Sodom and Gomorrah, which were cities of sin and unleashed ungodly influence. You see, to the person not looking at the spiritual perspective, it looked very, very good. It was pleasing to the eye. It met the physical and material need. It was the solution to a problem. It was, it was not sin to choose the place of Jordan. It wasn't sin for Lot to make that decision. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Well, God, Lot made the decision, and it wasn't a sin, and it had all the markings. But here's what happened. The spiritual question, what is Sodom and Gomorrah, a renowned spiritual deathbed? of all kinds of sin, how will that adversely affect my family? How will that adversely affect my daughters? Will I be fighting that sin that's out in the community while trying to preach the truths of God to my family? Oh God, I can overcome Sodom and Gomorrah. The problem is he didn't. And so here's the third. Let me see the real, the real picture. Let me see what that looks like. Genesis 13, 12, Abram lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Why do I want to hang my hat when that kind of influence is out there? You see, the question regarding the spiritual was not addressed at all. Lot failed to see the influence of the darkest spirituality. He did not see it. 
He saw the fertile valley. Satan's lie was just under cover. Think with me for a moment. Some situation, someone, some circumstance where you know without a doubt that person followed a lie. Not necessarily doing it on purpose, but they didn't take time to ask God spiritually, how's that going to affect us? How, how is that, how is that going to help us or hurt us as it relates to Almighty God? How is that? How is that? You see, one of the beauties of virtual is you can still tune in and get to see, and that's beautiful. But let me tell you what the downside will be. Why should I go back to church when I could stay at home and I can watch online? And I hear that more than I care to hear it. Well, let me say this to you. You cannot help build the church at home in your living room and expect to see the church flourish. So the virtual is a season of time that has blessed us, and we will continue. But you will hear this preacher keep saying, saints, come on back into the house of God as soon as you can, as soon as you can. We will love and we will be patient and kind through the whole process. Well, Paul says, for sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. There are certain questions. These are real questions when making minor and major decisions. So let me give you just a few. N number one, what does God say through his word about this? Well, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really check. What does God say through spiritual leadership? Spiritual leadership. When your friends who are spiritual and you are making a decision and your closest friends who are spiritual and love you say, don't do that, you had sure better listen. Better listen the counsel of others. Spiritual leadership through the counsel of others. The next one is how will this grow me spiritually? How will that help me in making this decision in my life, our life? How will this help me spiritually? The next one, will this make me more committed with my time, talent, and resources to the work of God? Will it help me? No, but the preacher is always talking about the tithe, man. Going to be more tithe. Listen to me, friend. You can be way, way, way away from God and be hardened in your heart and still pay your tithe.
Here's another. How will this affect my children or my grandchildren? How will it affect them? Here's another. Do I have permission from God in my spirit? Do I have the go-ahead? Does it resonate? Does it resonate with God? Or am I, am I afraid to make the right choice or ask the hard question? In other words, well, I'll tell you what, Pastor, you've said there is the permissive will of God as opposed to the perfect will of God. Let me say to you, there is no comparison compared to the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God. Following the permissive will of God will always cost you more than what you anticipated. And when we are already neck deep down the path to make a decision, we won't ask the hard questions that will damage the making of the decision that we've already made. It won't do it. If I'm making the wrong choice, do I have the courage to turn around? If I've already made the commitment, do I have the courage to say no? Do I have the courage to stop and turn around, count my losses, say I'm sorry, and get back on the track that brings pleasure? This message tonight is huge. Paul writes in Romans 6, 12, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil influence. Don't let that happen. Evil desire is anything that doesn't please God and his spirit in you. So what did Lot do? Lot, Lot moved to the Jordan Plain was just like you saw it was nice it was great but it subtly drew him into sin easy to slide into that sin he lost his wife and all of his assets he lost his daughters spiritually they sinned with their own father his potential was sacrificed because he made a choice that looked good but it was the wrong choice for him spiritually. Why? He didn't ask the right question. Uncle Abraham, that really looks good over there. But what do you see that could create a negative experience? Well, Lord, I'm glad you asked that question, son. You know that you see on the news and the news releases that the most wicked spirit ever experienced is right where you're going. You're going to pitch your tent towards Sodom. It's not just lust. It's behavior that is twisted. And you have three beautiful daughters that I wouldn't think you wanted to even come close to that influence. So, son, you're going to have to make up your mind. 
Are you going to follow? You got plenty of water, plenty of grass. What are you going to say? But I, I don't have the peace in my heart of hearts to do that. Abraham had Lot taken not that choice, and it would have been Abraham who take, had taken the Jordan plain, being more mature, more rock solid, a life of experience that he paid the price for poor choices, could have set up count there and made it. But what Abraham did not do is get in Lot's way. Because here's what Abraham knew. He knew Lot was headed in a direction that would cost him tremendously. But it would create an opportunity for spiritual maturity. So to wrap it up, in summation, Jesus says in Matthew 6, but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things, the water, the grass, the grazing plain, all the things you need will be given to you as well. For to be in the will of God will bring higher dividends than anything the world has to offer. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Would you do that? Amen. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you because I know that you love us. You care for us. I thank you because we know that this message tonight is sobering. It's one that gets right down in your, in your spirit and will now cause us to be challenged as we make decisions. Sometimes we make decisions out of emotion and we say things out of emotion and we're all upset and everything else. But the reality is when that happens, the devil is gaining a little bit of ground but then when we come to our senses, we know that's not what God's will is. That's not the Lord. God doesn't talk that way, act that way. God, your spirit is for my spiritual health. Your love for me is greater. And yet, you could have stopped Lot, but you didn't. But thank God you were able to rescue him when you gave him one command of what to do. And Father God, Lot was smart enough to pay attention and do it, but his wife could not. Thank you, Jesus. I pray you would bless and minister. You might be here tonight or you might be looking online and you might be looking tonight or now or later in the week and somewhere in the world. But there are many of us, many of you, individuals that might be watching to say, you know what? I'm faced with a pretty good decision. 
I'm faced with one that's challenged me and, and it looks pretty easy, but there are some consequences, but I don't know that I've even asked the question, what's the downside? Because it just looks so good. God help us to be bold enough, to dig deep enough, to be sure that we know that we're in your will. And then there may be some that's just been avoiding you, God. They're hard-headed and hard-spirited. And they need, they need to ask forgiveness. So would you repeat this prayer after me? Would you do that now, Heavenly Father? Heavenly Father. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your love. And your care for me. And your care for me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for your conviction. Thank you for your conviction. Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. I have done wrong. I've done wrong. I have willfully decided. I have willfully decided to have my own way. To have my own but tonight, but tonight I, am sorry. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Rescue me. Rescue me. And give me favor. And give me favor. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, the altar workers are here. We're going to pray with you. For those of you that need prayer, you're welcome to slip down as we continue to worship. Others of you are going to slip out. But if you feel the Holy Spirit and you know that's what God's desiring for you to do, let me encourage you. Be obedient. While they're leading worship, you just may want to be reseated for a few minutes and enjoy the worship. Whatever it is, as God leads you, let's do that. I love you, everybody. I'll see you on this coming Sunday. Amen. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out a praise, pour out a praise. It's your breath. Your breath.
bless you, church. God keep you. We'll see you on Sunday morning. Go in peace.